downtown San Diego has a problem that it can't ever seem to remedy, offering and maintaining adequate public restrooms. After the city was nationally shamed during the hepatitis A outbreak that killed 20 and sickened hundreds, critics say the city is falling back into old habits. A patchwork of agencies deal with maintaining the nearly two dozen public facilities, meaning not one claims full responsibility. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Okay. Peter Rowe, your general assignment reporter for the Union Tribune. And this week, you covered something that we all have to deal with, but I don't want to talk about that much. Public restrooms. Why were you assigned the story? <laughs> well, yeah, when I, when I told folks that I'm spending most of my week hanging out at public restrooms, they, they gave me kind of sideways looks. and It's not something you want to brag about. Uh, but it was a great assignment, actually. Um, it's just an essential part of any city, mm-hmm. I think, is to provide facilities for uh, people who happen to be out and about and suddenly, you know, the urge strikes. Uh, now, many of these, of course, are homeless and living on the street. Mm-hmm. And there has been a great deal of concern about uh, public safety, public health uh, from folks, primarily homeless folks, uh, relieving themselves on sidewalks or in bushes. We had the hepatitis A epidemic in 2017. Much of that was traced to, you know, this sort of uh, unsanitary behavior. So you kind of need these. On the other hand, no one, when I say no one, I mean like no one in City Hall or Mm -hmm. no one in authority is really excited about providing these. They're expensive. Uh, they're tough to maintain. They're also difficult uh, times to police. So Certainly. it's uh, it's really a, uh, a necessary evil, I guess you'd say. Yeah, so you said that you went around all the downtown public restrooms. Why don't you describe kind of the highlights and the lowlights? Well, first of all, I have to point out, I, I visited about 25 different restrooms downtown, public restrooms, uh, and I didn't visit all of them, mm-hmm. uh, as it turned out. I mean, I keep turning up more. Um, the highlights and the lowlights, there are some surprisingly nice public restrooms uh, downtown. Um, and at the risk of alienating the people who operate them, let me just point out a few of the best. Um, Seaport Village has three different uh, separate buildings that have both men's rooms and women's rooms. Mm-hmm. They are so well maintained. They are. I, I just have to give them a lot of credit. You go in there; they are spotless. So this was maybe the fifteenth or sixteenth restroom I had visited, and when I walked in, it was like, "Oh my gosh, this is what I've been looking for all along." They're very clean. They're modern without being, you know, ostentatious. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of a faux marble countertop uh, around the sinks. There's there's even a, a very pleasant scent in the air. Huh. I can't tell you how rare that is. Yeah, I can ask, after going through the bad ones, I imagine any uh, pleasant scent is welcomed. <laughs> right, yeah. It was a welcome change. Uh, at the Hilton uh, Bayfront Hotel, there's a very nice set of bathrooms, uh, but you need to, 
ask in one of the shops there for mm-hmm. a, a token in order to get in. It's free, but you have to have the token. So that's that's a bit of a hurdle. But once you get inside, it, it was maybe the quietest mm-hmm. restroom. It was very serene. And again, it was clean. It was neat. It was up to date. Uh, had very high ceilings, and when you were in there, you felt like you were kind of sheltered, you know, cosseted a little bit. Um, so, uh, well, and another highlight I'll point out is the courtyard, mm-hmm. which is a place on Market, uh, about 1300 block of Market. It's a series, it's a square uh, made out of uh, old um, shipping containers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like a, a very nice, uh, very well-run uh, uh, beer bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a place where you can get coffee and burgers. Uh, and then one of the shipping containers has bathrooms. And they're also uh, very well-kept and have a very bright um, interior. They've been painted by some local artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it really is a very cheerful, cheerful spot. So and- those, those are the good ones. And now the terrible ones? I have to say the the worst ones that I came across, well, were run by government uh, agencies. Now, the mm-hmm. city operates two terrifying restrooms right next to City Hall. They're at 202C. Uh, they're very busy, and maybe that accounts for the fact that they're just, they look like they've been trashed. Uh, there's trash on the floor. There are stains on the wall. I mean, stains that you don't want to look too closely at. Uh, and they generally have kind of a prison vibe to them. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is stainless steel. You know, you got a stainless steel commode and a stainless steel sink. Um, on the plus side there, there's security mm-hmm. around the clock at that restroom. And I'm told that that's essential especially if you're homeless and maybe using it in the middle of the night, uh, it's reassuring to know that there's someone out there who can kind of pitch in in case you're in trouble. Um, There's also a a pretty terrible one that the port uh, is responsible for. It's up on Harbor Drive, Mm -hmm. uh, kind of as you're headed toward the airport. It's across the street from uh, solar turbines. And there's a cinder block structure that's got a nice location. It's right there on the the, the walkway along the bay. Uh-huh. Uh, but you go inside, and it's just, uh, you know, I don't know when the last time it was cleaned, but it's been a while. There's all kinds of garbage and toilet paper everywhere, and um, not a not a pleasant uh, sight. It was so bad that I. I didn't wash my hands in there because there was so much trash in the sink. It was wow. like, man, what am I going to do? Um, on the other hand, I have to say that um, the port runs some terrific restrooms. They've got a $2 million restroom over by Carnita Snack Shack. If it's also. $2 million, it better be well maintained. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see where they put the money, or at least you can see where they put part of the money. Um, there's a uh, brilliant uh, kind of reddish-orange tile work inside. It's very cheerful, also very clean. Uh, That's a nice one. Um, Waterfront Park, uh, the facilities that are on either side of the county administration building, Mm -hmm. they're pretty nice. Um, They're not fancy, but they're nice. They're new. 
and they've got a men's room, women's room, and a family room, uh, both of them. Um, I mean, on both sides, you've uh-huh. got all three of those options. Speaking of family rooms, the library, the central library, which has restrooms on every floor, on the first floor, they kind of specialize in children's stuff. Hmm. So over by the children's uh, literature department, they've got a child room, mm-hmm. uh, which has everything really low to the ground. It's kind of cute. They've got a family room where you can go in all together and maybe you're, you're taking care of a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a changing table in there. And then they've got a nursing mother's room. So it's a it's a completely different kind of setup there, uh, and again it's it's well supervised. There's a, always folks uh, right available right there. So you mentioned that it seems that mostly the city ones are in the worst condition. What are some of the reasons why that's the case? Well, as I said, uh, these are very expensive to operate now. The city uh, sent me over some figures. Um, best I can tell, looking at the figures. Uh, it's over $100,000 a month uh, just to maintain these restrooms. Wow. Um, and that's not out of line with what other cities are, are shelling out for this kind of service. On the other hand, we have fewer uh, public restrooms within the city than, than most um, cities of our size. So it's, like I say, I, I, I just got the sense that it's not um, it's not anyone's baby. Yeah. No one's making this a priority. And the one of the startling things I thought was um, the city eventually sent me a list of about two dozen uh, public restrooms downtown. Mm-hmm. But if you look at at these restrooms, um, fewer than half are maintained and operated by the city. Interesting. There's a whole group. Uh, that has taken responsibility. Um, so, you know, for instance, the Irvine Company um, maintains public restrooms in One America Plaza. Mm-hmm. The San Diego Repertory Theater, of all people, uh, maintains public restrooms there at the Lyceum at their their space. So, because there's so many parties involved, you just get the sense that there's no no one person, no one agency that's taking ownership of what is a really pretty big job. Now, it's not a great job, I guess, but it's a necessary job. But no one person is riding herd on this. And that's somewhat surprising because after the hepatitis A outbreak, which we have to mention, you get hepatitis A from the, quote, fecal to oral route. So having cleanliness is one way to prevent disease. So it's surprising that after that, we didn't have some kind of public health czar that would, like, you know, deal with this. No, and, and in fact, after the, um, after the hepatitis A crisis sort of abated, a lot of those um, wash stations mm-hmm. and porta-potties that were set out, especially in East Village, disappeared. Uh, so I, I don't know that we've learned that lesson because it's not like people don't have to go to the bathroom now. This is a constant, right? But, you know, it's, it's been noted by a lot of folks uh, who work in this area that, hey, we just don't have the facilities that we had even two years ago. Yeah, and that's one thing that's somewhat stark is that you go through parts of downtown and they're beautifully kept, well-maintained, 
move one block over and it smells like urine and there's trash everywhere. And it's like you almost never know. It's like, oh, suddenly this is really nice. And then a couple days later, it's completely trashed and disgusting. As you say, that's especially true downtown and in East Village where you'll you'll come across areas that are that look terrific. I mean, they mm-hmm. look like a great place to live, to work, to come down and, you know, go out to dinner or whatever and then two blocks over it's like oh man i <laughs> you know you're you're worried you you think you took a wrong turn why am i here i'd better get out of here uh it's kind of scary um there's no question that a lot of this is being driven by the rise in the number of homeless in the area but again i have to stress that not everyone who uses the public restrooms is homeless. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them are tourists. A lot of them are people who do live and work downtown uh, or have come downtown for any number of reasons. They've gone shopping or they've gone to the courthouse or they've gone to City Hall to you know, take care of some official matter. Um, and they, too, are human beings and human beings occasionally... Uh, hear that call of nature. So there are many places in which we've essentially segregated people who have money and people who don't. Like the expectation of you have to buy something to use a re- to the restroom in a coffee shop or something like that. Some places like Starbucks have changed that. Did you speak to anyone who kind of addressed that concern of we're further kind of marginalizing homeless people by forcing them in these terrible places to use the facilities? Well, I talked to someone who has been working on the, the public um, restroom issue for years, um, and she noted that's, that is increasingly a problem. Um, I did talk to a restaurant uh, manager who, <laughs> she's got her own problems, and, and she argued that she couldn't have um, homeless people coming in uh, using the restroom uh, when some of them are not, um, shall we say, in their right minds, mm-hmm. um, some of them are um, offensive um, verbally, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a guy coming in, uh, and when she told him that the policy was, you know, he had to buy something, he started cursing her rather loudly and, and looked threatening. So. You know, and it's it's a difficult situation. Uh, her restaurant is maybe two blocks from the city hall uh, mm-hmm. public restrooms, so he could have been directed uh, pretty quickly to a place where he could use the facilities. Uh, but it wasn't clear that he was really in the that he could hear that right. Mm-hmm. You know that he he had enough uh, uh, self awareness to uh, to be able to do that. Yeah, it's one of the things where it's difficult to determine what the kind of standard of decency is. If someone's, you know, on drugs or could be dangerous, of course, you probably shouldn't let them in your place of business. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I was focusing on downtown, but um, as, <laughs> you know, as life would have it, uh, I came home last night. Uh, we live in Kensington, and, and there was a guy camped just across the street on a, a median um, and I came over and talked to him and, and uh, you know, asked if I could direct him to a shelter. And he said, no, he, he had already gone that route. He wasn't interested. And I said, well, we really can't have you living here, mm-hmm. you know, just out on the block. And he said, I, you know, just give me a night. I'm, I'm on my way. And, and he, he left this morning. But, I mean, I think increasingly uh, what we're seeing 
what we have seen as a center city problem is coming out into surrounding neighborhoods and even into the suburbs. Yeah, and that's what we've heard mostly North Park and Hillcrest. Those neighborhoods have been pretty loud about that. Yeah, right. And so this is this is spreading. It's becoming more of an issue for for pretty much all of us. Um, and frankly, I don't know of any public restrooms in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't, and, and pretty much anywhere outside of downtown, I can't think of anything unless you're in a well-maintained park or like a library. Right. Yeah, parks and libraries are kind of the, the places of last resort. Mm-hmm. So in writing this story, was there anything that really took you by surprise? Well, I was surprised by the range, uh, one, of uh, conditions, you know, in the restroom. Some of them are, are, you know, Martha Stewart would be quite at home. And, mm-hmm. and others, um, I don't think, uh, you know, a prison lifer would, would go into them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also surprised, of course, by the number of agencies and businesses that have taken it on themselves to uh, maintain public restrooms. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if they're getting some kind of tax, uh, you know, tax uh, some rebate, benefit some benefit somehow, yeah, from the city, or or if this is uh, a civic gesture on their part, combination of both. I don't, I really don't know, but uh, it's interesting how many different parties are involved. Mm-hmm. And also, again, I I think it's frustrating, and I think it's short-sighted, if I can editorialize a bit, uh, that there isn't one agency, one czar who's in charge of this, especially for downtown. Yeah, certainly. And after what happened with the hepatitis A outbreak, it's kind of worrisome that we are perhaps taking steps backward. Yeah. (laughs) I've been trying to avoid using a lot of uh, bathroom-specific puns in the story. Um, That's been a challenge as well. Uh, but, you know, frankly, I mean, it, it was an interesting story, and I was glad I was able to see a different part of the city. All right. Peter Rowe, thank you so much. My pleasure. And now it's Friday, so here's some events to check out this weekend. First, Rafael Paeri, the new conductor of the San Diego Symphony, is performing his inaugural concerts on both Saturday and Sunday. La Mesa is holding its annual Oktoberfest, which is one of the biggest celebrations of the German tradition in the county. And third, a new mural project will be displayed Saturday in the Gaslamp Quarter to start a conversation about mental illness. Ted Meyer and Armando Nunez's art will be featured. For details on these events and for more, go to uniontrip.com slash happenings. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Our creative director is Beto Alvarez, and our digital editor is Rookie Young. This podcast comes together with support from our creative studio and reporters throughout the newsroom. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and support our journalism by signing up for our print and digital products at uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time. <laughs>